What is cell memory? How does it affect you? And how can you clear it? Tune in for a deep dive with David Somerville, the creator of the cellular pattern release method. Welcome to Exploring the Mystical Side of Life with your host, Linda Lang. Hi, this is Linda Lang from ThoughtChange.com. We are exploring the mystical side of life once again this week. If you enjoy our conversations, remember to subscribe, share with a friend. David Somerville returns, and today we are talking cellular memory. Welcome, David. Thank you, Linda. It's nice to be here. David, when we're talking cellular memory, what exactly are we talking about? Yeah, cellular memory is, if you think about um, a computer, we need memory to run all the apps in real time, and that's called RAM. The, the hard drive is memory as well. You know, part of the programs are stored in the hard drive. So one would be kind of like short-term and longer-term memory. So in the same way, our body is like a computer. It's, it's really an advanced, an advanced computer in a way. It reacts the same way. For the body to do what it needs to do, it needs memory. You know, so, you know, we're all familiar with, we have memory up here, right? In our head, in our brain, right? So they've actually found heart math. You may have heard of heart math. They study that, guess what? Our heart actually has brain tissue as well. And same with our gut. It also has brain tissue as well. So if you think about it, memory is how the body does what it needs to do. And the memory that we use unconsciously, we use in our life to do, you know, unconsciously know where to drive. We're going to a specific place that we've gone to a hundred times. That's because our unconscious, the memory in our body, the memory in our consciousness has allowed us to drive, has driven for us in a way. So when I'm talking about cellular memory, though, that's more related to the body, more to the gut brain, as opposed to memory that's on the mind level, like our beliefs and patterns, uh, or heart memory, which is more around attachments and, uh, and other things. So David, you mentioned that the heart and the gut also have brain cells can these memories be stored only in those places or can they be stored anywhere? Memories can really be stored anywhere in the body. So, and, and part of the process that we work with releasing cell patterns or cell memory within the body is about discovering where memories are stored and allowing the process to clear those memories because memories are not supposed to be stored in the body. Now, some memory probably is, you know, but what happens is, let's say you have an accident where all the energy of the car that you bump into, you go like this and it's, you're frozen. And, you know, you get out of the car, oh, everything seems fine. Then about a week later, you know, oh, my shoulder, it's just, you know, it's, it's tight. And, you know, it goes on, it could go on for months. And then eventually you go to a physiotherapist or a massage therapist and uh, they work on your, oh, oh, you've got some trapped energy stored here. You know, you're, you're frozen in your shoulder. You, you probably heard frozen shoulder. So in a way, it's like your body has stored the memory of that accident. It's frozen in your shoulder. And then, of course, the massage therapist will work on you. And, and then gently, it's like your body releases that memory along with the energy that's stored there. And then, oh, my shoulder's fine. And guess what? The shoulder goes back to normal. So in the same way, on a body level, you can store memories from occurrences in your life. You know, traumatic occurrences. You know, it could be accidents, just like the car that I just mentioned on the body level. But it could be your birth traumatic birth that you had could be vicarious trauma from the experiences you've been around as a child um you know traumatic occurrences over time if you had a a rough childhood 
And let's see, the, the family setup wasn't very good, you know, for whatever reason, no judgment there. It just, you know, you can take on that vicarious trauma in your body. And guess what? You see it with your eyes, you hear it with your ears, you experience it, your body experiences it. And we can take on and store those memories. And, you know, we don't even know we're doing it. Just like driving the car, that's a good use of memory. You know, after a while, you know, hey, I don't have to think about driving to work every day. I just do it. You know, I, I look every so often. But really, I can be thinking about other things and get there. The idea is that's good use of memory. But when we have these occurrences that happen in our life, and they can even be genetic programs as well that have been passed down in ourselves, right? So what happens is when we have these memories that are frozen in time, it's like a projector that plays out. So if we have something in our environment that can trigger those memories, right? All of a sudden, guess what? In our body, those memories play out, okay? And it actually brings another question to mind, David, in that it's not just how it affects the physical body, right? And I'll give you an example. Let's take the car accident scenario that we just ran through. Let's say that happened and you were at the passenger in a car accident. And then from that time onward, whenever a car your passenger in, let's say, gets a little close to the car ahead or there's a quick need to put the brakes on and that body just automatically braces. It's not a pain thing, but it goes back to that memory of being in an accident, right? Exactly. Totally. And, and it's unconscious, right? You know, it's not like you're thinking consciously. It happens on a body level. So the idea of the gut brain, which makes it different than the other, you know, the analytical brain and the memory there in the heart, the gut brain is tied to our fight or flight system. So the fight or flight system, because we're in a physical body, right, it gets first priority. So if there's a danger outside of us or in our environment, it perceives that, you know, through our senses, and then it'll engage whatever it needs to do. So the thing is that when the memory goes, if there's something stored that looks like what you're experiencing, it can trigger that memory to replay within you. And then what that does is that your, your gut brain, in a way, or your body system, protective system takes over. So all of a sudden, you know, your analytical brain is turned off because you don't have time to think. So it's like it's shut off, right? So your analytical thinking isn't, isn't really that great. And then, of course, your heart, your intuition and your inner knowing, you're connected to your divinity. Again, that's kind of turned down as well because the most important thing right now is to stay alive, right? So, you know, regardless if it's a small thing that really isn't a threat, the memory can dictate that, even though, like you said, it's just someone getting close to your car, right? So what happens in the long term with that is that if we have these memories and we don't really associate with them because they're unconscious, in fact, they may not have been really our memories. They could have been passed on genetically even. I'll talk about a personal thing. For whatever reason, I do not like walking across bridges that are high or heights. And I have nothing in my, nothing in my memory as a child that would dictate that I should be afraid of heights. Nothing that I remember. But I do. So I, I get a sense that there's something in my memory that's in my body that triggers every time I walk across a bridge or go, you know, especially a bridge. For some reason, it's a bridge like going across a high bridge. It just makes me nervous. So you can have a memory like that that, that controls you. So, you know, basically, when the system goes into the fight or flight response, you know, what happens if you have multiple occurrences of this in your life? you can end up living in that gut-brain fear response to keep you alive, right? And in doing so, it creates a habit in the brain or the, the mental side of it. The mental level will match what the body's saying, right? So it'll take the information, the communication from the, 
you know, the fear of whatever it is that just happened that you've been triggered in. And then it'll create a concept that your mind will hold that, oh, look, every time I have this occurrence or around this. So then you begin to avoid that on the mental plane. You're going to avoid that. And then guess what? The heart, the intuition, because really the intuition is a key part of it. And it's a part of the work I do. I bring the heart into everything that I use. And the reason is it's like the, our heart knows the truth, right? It's a multidimensional tool. It's our soul, right? It knows what's truly there. So it knows if there's a real threat beyond what the memory is. But because of the way the body reacts, guess what? The heart can't give the system the truth of this really isn't a threat. This is the past. What's happening now, everything's fine, right? Do our emotional reactions or our emotional patterns, even our relationship patterns, can they also have cellular memory that is the root of what's happening in our life. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. So if you think about it, all those occurrences are memories of what we see and experience through our senses. You know, even though I'm talking about the body level as an isolated part, like you're saying, I think you're picking up on it, that they're all interconnected, right? Even though I focus on the body level with the cell pattern release, you know, they're all intertied, I guess that's what I'm saying. So I'm agreeing with you there. It's fascinating. And I I kind of think that there's a lot of patterns that we hold. We are really not aware that we're holding them and they affect our choices in the moment and our physical reaction, like you say. I see a lot of people come to me that have more physical issues than when I work with people on beliefs and patterns uh, using theta healing. You know, I find that I'll get people I work in that level that we seem to clear everything. Their belief systems seem to match up, but their body doesn't match up that way. There's still a reaction going on. There's something being triggered in the body. So, you know, learning to uh, be aware of what your body's telling you is something that, that is a really good tool because it'll tell you whether there's memories on a body level. And pain and, and physical issues for me is usually a sign that there is some body level component there of memory that needs to be cleared, which again will allow the body to get out of the fight or flight response because it's almost impossible to heal and be in fight or flight response at the same time. It's usually one or the other because, you know, the body system needs to come into homeostasis again before the healing component will take over and create balance in the, in the body. How can these memories and any emotions that are attached to those memories, how can they affect our physical body? Yeah. And again, it's, it's just that, that whole component of, you know, the pattern playing out creates a distortion in our, the way we are, the way we feel, the way we think. And then, of course, you know, we all know that those things, if we think negatively or fearful, guess what? All of a sudden, you know, it, it just totally changes our, our whole system. And then over time, if you're continually in that, guess what? Your body being our densest part of who we are, you know, our spirit, our mental, uh, emotional, and then the body's the most physical eventually over time, it will mirror what's going on in those other areas. Like if you're emotionally upset because your environment forces you to be that way, you know, all of those things will mirror through your body. Like Louise Hay, you can heal your life, right? She was the first one that brought me to that, those ideas. Uh, wonderful that, you know, that our diseases in our body, you know, have emotional component and then can eventually over time become a physical illness. How do we recognize that we actually have a memory it's not supporting us because we can also have positive memories. Definitely. You know, really it's what the body does, being aware if there's, you know, that fight or flight response of any fear, hesitation, 
Um, and again, with the body, a lot of times there can be emotional component tied to that. You know, that's where, you know, tears and depression is another one, because again, the idea of depressing, pushing down, pushing down emotion that needs to come up. That's a big one. For me, that was a, that was a huge one when I got into my healing, my personal healing in my uh, late teens, early twenties is, is I, I, you know, I grew up, my father didn't get emotional, just, you know, he's a kind person, but he just wasn't emotional. And he didn't show me as a man how to be emotional, you know, so when I kept that emotion in, guess what? It affected my body. And, you know, I started to have, uh, you know, some physical problems and emotional problems because of that. But then once I got in touch with the memory, released it, you know, and this was a method, the intent was the same, was to release emotions out of my body. And that's, that's really what um, uh, the self-pattern release method that I work with people does is it helps them release that emotional energy and the memories with it to clear it out of the body. Once it's gone, you know, basically the body can come back to homeostasis. So there still will be memory that's used, but it's used in a good way by our body, right? Just like driving the car, like that's good use of it. So, you know, my goal with personally with myself, as well as to work with people is I help them release their memories on the body level. It would be, you know, cell memory on the mind level, it's limiting beliefs and patterns on the heart level, it's attachments. So do you think that all physical issues have some cellular memory? I would say yes, that there's, there's always a component. You know, when things seem to work really well, we're, we're joyous, you know, we're living in the moment. There tends to be a flow to life. You're not, you know, there's no hesitation. The, the mind is not interrupting the flow to look at something, to check out if this is the way it's supposed to be. You know, the body unconsciously is not, you know, sensing danger all the time through the body senses unconsciously, right? Both of those things stop you from being in your heart, being in the moment. Your heart is about the moment, right? So that's where joy lives, right? So I would say that anytime you're not in joy, a sense of in the moment, I would say that there could be some memory going on, you know, on, on one of the le three levels that I gave you that could be cleared or transformed. You know, basically there, there should be a constant flow of energy and information through our body system through our mental body, our, you know, our emotional body and, and our physical body. So anytime that, that you don't have a sense of that joy and your mind's going on or your body's going on, then I would say, yeah, that's usually a sign. There's some memory playing out on one of the levels um, that's interfering with the joy of the moment. That actually brings a very interesting question for me because we think of memory as something in the past, right? There's some experience, some wisdom, or some trauma from the past. What about people that have a lot of anxiety or are always thinking about the future? Yes. And to me, that's a, that's a way they deal with the past. I bet you if you looked into that, there's a past somewhere that's forcing them to look ahead. So I would say that, that for those people that are looking ahead, that that's just a way to adapt to the fear or the past that's played out, um, you know, which is great. We're intelligent beings, right? So we'll find the way that works for us and nothing wrong with that. Why don't we talk a little bit about how each person can recognize where memories are stored without getting attached to the story. That's what I love the most about your modality. Bang on with uh, the idea that the method doesn't really take people deep into the emotion. When I used to do the method before, it was a different method. I was taught by wonderful emotional healers in my 20s that helped me overcome and release emotion in my body. But it was very visceral. Basically, I was re-experiencing the full emotion to release, which is fine. 
It was just the way it was done there, and it really helped heal me. One of the things I discovered was uh, moving forward in time was, you know, I had clients that needed that emotional work. I could feel that. We were working on mind-level beliefs, and we were able to clear them. But I just sensed that there was something emotionally that we needed to get in touch with. So the idea of the method that, uh, that I developed allows you to release the emotions by being more of a witness of them and not having to totally re-experience them again. Because there's no need to do that. You know, emotion is energy and motion. That's the way I look at it. It's great to experience it all. You should not be afraid of doing that. But there's, there's no need. You can witness it. And through the witnessing, you know, quantum physics, when you witness something, it becomes real. So you become the witness of it. It wakes the emotion up. It wakes the cells that have been dormant in your body. And then you witness them being removed. And then they're gone without having to be traumatized. And without having to know the story, know the why, know the details. Yeah, totally. That, that's a great one because uh, the, head, the head brain or the memory up here is all related to stories. We have all our stories and we talk about it and we're in our head about it and all that. Well, the body's completely different. It's a memory that it doesn't really have a story. Doesn't mean to say it can't come up in a session. You know, if it does, that's totally fine. Um, but really, there's no need for it. It's more about just waking it up, witnessing it, and then it being removed. Like, really, the story isn't important. In, in the long run, it really isn't. It's the release of it. Yeah. It might not even be your story, right? It could be vicarious trauma from someone else, their story that you've taken on by being in the room at the same time. So are you talking about empaths, let's say, who are picking up energy from their environment, the people around them? Yeah, I do have some clients that I've, I've worked with that do have that. I would say that being sensitive opens the door to that, to having more, you know, more energy stored in a bottle on the body that way, cell memory. I would say totally yes. Yeah. So a lot of people that have addictions or struggle with addictions are sensitives as well. You know, basically it's, it builds up within the body system. And, you know, the only way, and I'll speak for myself because, you know, I have that background myself. You know, I had so much emotions and pain emotionally in my body. The only way I could deal with it was by not dealing with it. You know, at the time, that's all I could do was to take a drink or, you know, light up a joint or something to make myself feel better. You know, and that's okay. I, I, that's the best I could do at that time. So, you know, the idea of once the emotions are released and that energy is out of the body, guess what? The body can relax. And then all of a sudden your energy will rise up to your heart. And guess what emotions in your heart, right? Joy. So you know, that's an outcome I look for. I'm amazed at the intelligence of our body and our unconscious mind together. Very briefly in your conversation a few moments ago, you, you had a little blip and you said the word bile instead of body. And I thought that actually was brilliant because bile is something that our body stores, right? It's something that our body stores to help us to digest yes. our food. We can have digestion issues because we're not digesting our life or, or life in general, what's happening around us. And I, I thought that was a really good metaphor for how the body can store yeah. memories, emotions, beliefs even it's like confirmation the body is in agreement with this whole conversation wonderful and what does the bile do but it breaks down what needs to be broken down to finish it and excrete it right you know that's the goal is to do the same thing but on a, a memory level and then release the emotions that are stored that are tied to that so yeah perfect brilliant 
So David, tell us a little bit about how this modality works. What's the process like? That's the nice thing about it. It is a simple process. It goes deep, you know, and there are, you know, certain aspects of it that aren't simple. But basically, you know, the idea that memories are stored in the body, it's the past, right? Uh, Frank Alper, actually, was a wonderful teacher uh, and channel from Arizona. He used to say the body is the past. The body's a subconscious, right? It's the past. So really, it's just memory stored in the body. So, you know, we need to wake the memory up because if it's stored there, it's stuck, right? So we need to wake up the past before it can be cleared. First thing we do is we, we bring the, the client into a heart connection because we want to bring them in touch with heart intelligence because really it's like you said the body is so amazing it's the heart you know it's the body but the heart is the power and you know people that have you know instantaneous healing like joe Dispend is one of uh one of my teachers actually and uh joe talks about you know he studied instant healing one of the first things he did he did this study of people that have miraculous healing and you understand that when people let go completely that's when they have miraculous healing because their heart the power of their heart is what does the healing you know it's when when our mind's in the way you know our beliefs and patterns of resistance from these memories you know we're, we're stuck so the the body can't do what it needs to do it doesn't you know it doesn't need you or i as healers you know it, it can do what it does it's just we help facilitate through these different methods to help to free the body so the so the body and the heart can do the healing and bring everything back to homeostasis so what we do is you know we get them to witness um the area in the body we, we ask them you know where in the body the memory is stored and then we get them to witness in that area to wake the memories up. And then basically we witness um, creation or the superconscious to clear those memories. And then there's a few other steps after that. But basically, it, you know, it's just a process of, you know, quickly getting the body to clear what's been there a long time in a simple way. So I find the nice thing with this is it just seems to just move the energy that's there and the memories with it and the emotions. And then the person is left just feeling no, I just feel like myself, you know, which is really what we want to do in the end, right? Is there an immediate physical shift? Uh, there can be. Early on, uh, when I was testing the, the method, I purposely chose people that had physical issues that I didn't work with a lot. You know, basically they were stuck on medication. Uh, the medicals didn't seem to be able to help them or couldn't help them to, the, to what they wanted. So, you know, I, I was really surprised that, you know, pleasantly surprised, and so were they, that the feedback was is that, you know, pain would just disappear or go down to like a two. You know, that was profound because I didn't know, you know, what the outcome of the method was. I was just inspired to create it. So, you know, I found that people that have physical issues because it, it works with the gut brain, which is around our physical body. Um, it works in a different energy. It has a different component. Like when I work with the energy, it, it works differently in the body. When, I, when I'm working with it, sometimes I'll feel cold. It's, it's made to work more in the physical body. So it's about transforming you know, more in the physical plane, physical vibration of the body. Is it effective for all physical things? Or what happens if you do a session and it doesn't clear? That's usually a sign there could be another level that's part of the process it needs to work on too. You know, we can clear the physical level. And I've had people that had, you know, felt relief. But then there was another component that was there. And, you know, part of the process of me training practitioners I show them little things I've learned, uh, techniques and awarenesses that they can use with their clients to determine, use muscle testing as part of the process, to determine if there's another level, like a mental level belief or pattern, which is also getting in the way. Because like I said, even if you have body level memories, what tends to happen over time is the mind will 
mirror the issue on a mental level that's going on in the body, right? So a lot of times working on multiple levels uh, is quite common. What if the physical issue is a karmic issue as well? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Because we don't deal in the story with the, you know, the cell pattern release method, I might not have an awareness of that, um, you know, because it doesn't come up with, a, with the talk back and forth with the client. But, you know, it can, it can be there for sure. Now, you know, because it's body level and cell level, there can be genetic patterns that are passed down that would include what you said, karmic patterns, because really, you know, cell pattern or memories genetically passed down, you could call it karmic in a way. It really doesn't matter, you know, unless I need to know, like intuitively, I, I might know what a client's going through. Or the client could just tell me, oh, I, I saw my grandmother or something came to me when I was clearing that. So there can be things that show that it could be a genetic pattern uh, or a karmic pattern. But, you know, unless it comes up, it really, it doesn't matter. And I always say to people, always comes to me to say to people, and people come to me that have those, like even when I'm working with Theta Healing and we work on past life patterns, you know, why are they coming to me now? It's because they've learned everything from that pattern. And it's time to release it so they can take what they've learned and be that person with the learning without, you know, the rest of it still being present. I would suspect as well that for some souls that they've chosen on their life path, the lessons yeah. through some physical issues yeah. that aren't able to, you know, poof, clear yeah. if that's what the soul's chosen. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why we're here. Like, you know, I'll work with people that we clear something and they're like, God, I wish I cleared that when I was 20, you know, and they're like 40 some. And, you know, it's because our life experience is about the learning. It's about why do we call it life experience? If it was just a concept in our mind, there'd be no need to inhabit a physical body. Right. And that's why I'll say to people, you're here for me to help you because now's the time for you to release or, or, you know, you wouldn't come to me. You wouldn't be attracted. My next door neighbor doesn't bang on my door and say, Oh, I'd like some cell pattern release because he has his own life, his own experience. He's in the middle of it. You know, it's not time for him to release it. So. That's so true. Everything in divine order, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. So David, if people want to know more about cell pattern release method, where can we send them? You can go to my website, which is www.transformativebeliefwork.com. There's information about uh, the tools I use in my sessions, which include cell panel release, as well as there's information about uh, the method and also the course I teach to uh, for practitioners. It's a certification course, a two-day online Zoom certification course, and they can certainly contact me anytime from there as well. I'd be happy to uh, connect and answer any questions you have. You do private sessions, group sessions, and you teach a modality. Exactly. I just started doing group sessions, which are, are great. They're a lot of fun. Actually, I did one last night. It's beautiful to do it one-on-one, -on -one, and, and I enjoy that. But I have to admit, there's nothing like having a bunch of people together supporting the whole, uh, the whole evening. You know, everybody's part of the healing. So, you know, I've started doing that, and I'm really enjoying it. So, yeah. David, thank you for returning as my guest this week. You're welcome, Linda, and I appreciate you uh, asking me to come back, and uh, it's always fun. You do a beautiful job on the, the podcast. There's so many wonderful people come, and, uh, and I'm certainly happy to bring my energy and whatever comes through me in the moment to this space. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this week's edition of Exploring the Mystical Side of Life. You will find all of our conversations on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Come visit me at ThoughtChange.com 
while you're there, check out the page on DNA transformation. It's another modality that pulls out emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects that have a huge impact in our life. That's it for this week. We'll see you again next time. Bye for now.